I was going to say, you should really challenge yourself and everyone who's listening, challenge yourself this week to to think about, I wouldn't even say think, do one or two things that we would all classify as like, oh, okay, you know, this, this is just something that you're just used to doing. Brushing your teeth every morning. So one day, why don't you just close your eyes and from the beginning of that process to the end, keep your eyes closed, take your toothbrush, try putting the toothpaste on the toothbrush without spilling it all over the place and then brush your teeth. Simple things like that. And at least it's not the exact same thing as what I deal with on a daily basis, but it gives you an idea of what it's like when from a when you have that that challenge from a sensory standpoint. Your 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 sight you know is being tested. So Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Lex Gillette. I am a five-time Paralympian, Paralympic track and field medalist for Team USA. I am totally blind. And I guess just to back up a little bit, before then, I I was born with sight and I was able to see up until I was eight years old. At eight years old, I started to experience retina detachments. And that led to a string of 10 operations that I had on my eyes when I was eight years old. After the 10th operation, the last one, the year that I was eight years old, my doctors basically said that I wouldn't be able to see anything anymore. They had exhausted all of the the options, everything that they could do to help my sight. So from there, it was a gradual decrease over that next few months. And uh, yeah, you know, eventually lost my sight, but fortunately had some really awesome people in my life. And once I got into high school, I had a teacher who made sure that I had everything that I would need from an accessibility standpoint in in school, in high school, but he also was responsible for going to PE class with me. So there was this test that we had to participate in. One of the activities in this test was the standing long jump. So you stand in one spot and jump forward as far as you can. Now I just so happen to be really good at standing long jumping and my my teacher I mean, okay, introduce me to Paralympic yeah. sport. Yeah, just like relaying back, like how, like how is an eight-year-old? How, how do you, how do you even manage that? Like, how do you even contemplate the fact that you're going to lose your sight? Like, how, how do you even get yourself through that? Like, what did you do? It was a lot of my mom just really helping me through that. Yeah, scenario. but like even with that support group around you, how do you, how did you just like woe yourself through that? Like, how because an eight as an eight-year-old, like you, you, you're, you're kind of new to the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is, it's that like you have to leverage the, the strength and the knowledge pe- of people around you. And I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm eight years old. I don't really know too much. So I had to leverage the strength of my mom and, and people who had a similar mindset as, as her. And so she really just pushed me to get out there and to discover, to continue to explore, to learn my neighborhood, even though I couldn't see it. So I had to navigate around my neighborhood and use the sounds that I would hear or use the textures under my feet to help me identify when I need to turn to the left, turn to the right, go upstairs, downstairs. And all of those things as, as small as they might seem, mm-hmm. they were really huge yeah, you were taking things for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's really amazing because I know I just I know I, I think about the problems that I have in my life. And then I know it's like Devin, like when you think about the problems you have in your life and then you just realize like what other people can do and the opposition and the adversity they face and how they're able to 
just come out on top. Isn't isn't that insane? Yeah, it really is. I think you know, especially like losing losing a sense like your sight. This seems like that's so instrumental to how we live every day. Like I don't think most of us with sight can't imagine how hard uh, it, yeah, it is to live without sight. So and then to achieve what you achieved too, and just you know, it's like beyond belief, really. Being a Paralympic champ, that is yeah, wow. incredible. Well, I mean, you know, hey, as with all things, you got to put in a lot of work. Um, and it's just, you know, well, I mean, I think that's an understatement. There, it wasn't <laughs> just like a lot of work. Like you just describe the process, like even more in depth, because just tell us the story. Um, I would say, yeah. So I would say as an extension to that, when I, when I say work, not even just purely speaking from a, from a physical standpoint where you're getting out there on the track and you're running the repeat 100 meters or you're running, you're going to the weight room and you're lifting this weight, that weight X number of times. Um, but even beyond that, just, just the mental conditioning. And I think that's where everything really becomes, that's when you're able to really bring things full circle and really level up in life. Because if you can get your mind to believe it, then you can, you can basically achieve anything. And, uh, you know, getting to the Paralympics for sure. Yeah. It did take me going on the track and going into the weight room, eating right, making sure that I, um, stay healthy, stay injury free. But a lot of it too, is just that, that mental capacity, to or that mental strength that I was able to build and a lot of that strength was built in those first few years of me not being able to see like those first six seven eight years by the time I was 14 15 when I got to high school and I was ready to participate in long jump I had already been equipped with the skills and the qualities and the mindset that I needed to to be successful in track and field I mean, I don't, I don't think some people just don't even develop that mindset ever in their life. And then your development here at around eight, nine, 10 years old, like De Devin, like, do you feel like that you've gone through that process yet? Like gone that mindset? I mean, certainly not to that extent yet. Cause like, like I said before, like I can't even imagine how difficult that would be too. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, but I mean, have you, kids, yeah. What'd you say? I was going to say like, what, have you faced any adversity in your life? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I don't. I still don't think that it would be as like as like. Well, not to that level. Yeah, not to that. Well, not. And I and I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't expect. I wouldn't. I don't want anybody to experience sight loss. But I think the reality is whether you you looking at the situation itself and say kind of like the game of of comparing, if you will. And so you you might look at my situation. It's like, oh, well, you know, I've never dealt with anything of that capacity before i know it's really tough which it certainly was but at the same time you yourselves have been through adversity in your life and the the main goal is to you know figure out how you can overcome yeah that's that, why i live you know, like overcome a, that adversity yeah. like mm -hmm. life is life is going to throw you some curveballs that's yeah. the inevitable is going to happen but the quicker we can get to a space where we know how to maneuver once we face these challenges, that's when you really start to to level up and experience a lot of yeah. awesome things in life. That's why I feel like that life doesn't get easier. I feel like that you just get stronger as a person. Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. So can, can you describe the process of training for the Paralympics? Yeah, so when I'm in, so I participate primarily in the long jump, also sprint as well. When I'm competing in the long jump, I have a guide who's standing at the takeoff board. He's clapping and yelling so I know which direction to run. And the reason that he claps and yells is because he's he's not able to run with me 
on the runway. So it's a rule that the guide has to has to be stationary. So he's standing at the takeoff board, clapping, yelling as loud as he can. I'm listening to the sound of his voice, run as fast as possible, as straight as possible to that sound on the right step, which I know my strides, I have them counted in my head. I know that it takes me 16 strides to cover approximately 115 feet, which is the distance of my approach. I know that on my 16th step, I should be in the vicinity of the takeoff board and I can jump. When we are participating on the track in a sprint event, a race, you are designated two lanes. So you have athlete in one lane, guide in the next lane, and you are connected by a tether. So you're running connected at the hand and you're having to be on the same page, basically. Lockstep in stride, no type of jockeying for the position or anything. If 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 you were to look at my God and I from the side, it would look at one person. Like that's how that's how much you want to be on the same page. And so um that's how it literally looks when we are competing now from a training standpoint. I train Monday through Friday, sometimes Monday through Saturday, and depending on what day it is, kind of dictates how much time we spend out there. I could be out yeah. on the track. Uh-huh. I've, I've seen those like all on YouTube. Like I remember when I was researching things on these episodes, I remember that I, I would see you like uh, you were front squatting and and you I, I, I saw you box jumping. Like I, I saw you doing all these things. And, and I was thinking to myself, like, how how does how, it, it's like I, I, the process behind everything and the mentality that you you must have developed during this time. Like that's got to be my goodness like yeah like and like box jumping too it's like like something that you know it's so like precise like that where your feet have to land just like your toes have to land on top of the box to do that without like how much getting used to does that take really yeah like how many times do you have to do that to just like it just comes naturally yeah i I can't wrap my head around that at this point it only takes i mean it takes a couple times i would say in the beginning stages it probably took a lot because i'm dealing with number one something that i've never been introduced to before and number two you're you are dealing with the natural human emotion of (laughs) you're just you're frightened you're scared there could be you could totally jump over the box maybe you could jump miss the box um but in those first few attempts i typically have someone they would stand to the side and make sure that from a safety standpoint if anything were to happen they would be there to to catch me. And that gave me the confidence to to know that, all right, when I when I commit and jump, there's someone that is going to make sure that I'm safe. He's going to protect me. So now I can really focus on what it is that's in front of me and not have to worry about being afraid to, that I'm going to fall off to the side or jump over the box. And that, in those beginning stages, just really gives me the flexibility and the comfort in knowing that, all right, let me just try this out. There's not too much that can go wrong here. And as you begin to understand, oh, okay, well, it feels like this when I jump on a two foot high box. It feels like this when I jump on a three foot high box. And now you're starting to to understand within your body how much effort that it takes for you to jump on each height when it comes to the the boxes. And yeah, I mean, as you continue to do it, your confidence rises, rises, rises. And now that I'm at the, you know, box that might be 42 inches high or 45 inches high, you know, that, that doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me because I've, I've done so much work on the other boxes and I still continue to have that safety valve, that person who makes sure that, that, um, you know, if something happens, they can, they can help, but 
more times than, than none at yeah. this point they're just they're just standing there i mean yeah i know that's uh, really interesting like I, I mean just like relaying back to even before you started all this training like in doing like all the long job and like i, I just want to talk about these first couple of years after you went blind like what, what what was that like like what for example let's say you were you were sitting in your room and it was maybe midnight like what did you like in those darkest moments like when this was first happening and you hadn't developed that mindset yet like even even just like not not even talking about like the support of the people around you like how did you yourself at eight nine ten years old how did you get through it on your own <laughs> i didn't i didn't i, I literally like in order for me to really get started, like I, I needed, I needed my mom and I needed professionals who worked with individuals who had, who were dealing with blindness and, and visual impairment. Like this is something totally new to me. I had no, no idea of how to maneuver forward. And so, yeah, I, I was definitely uncomfortable I was definitely afraid. I would sit around. I would have my my head down, and you know, kind of that "woe is me" type of of attitude. But it was literally the people around me who said, "There, there is another way out. There's, there's a way that you can be successful." And they didn't you tell me. They didn't tell me about sport yeah. in the beginning. It was literally just though? like just not. Did you believe that though? Like even when they were telling that to you in the beginning, before you found track. Uh, that's a great question. I think that uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, because eventually I got I gained the courage to get back outside and to learn my neighborhood again. I gained the courage to walk around my school by myself, knowing how to get from classroom to classroom, classroom to gym, gym to cafeteria. And what would the kids around I, you say? Say it again. What would the kids around you say, especially like being in elementary school? Uh, You know what? I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I was I was bullied here and there yeah. um my personality is very much you know if someone jokes on me then i'm probably going to <laughs> like playfully joke back and and so i never really had to deal with bullying a lot simply because you know since i was that kid that kind of just wouldn't take it um and i would i would joke as well i think once other kids found out that you know all right this is somebody who i can't you know, I just can't uh, step over the whole time. Um, you know, they just left me alone. But um, yeah, I mean, I had to go through that through that process of getting bullied or picked on here and there, and it certainly was tough. But I, I had my close group of friends who they knew my capabilities, they knew who I was, and and um, you know, we we would continue to play outside and. And have a good time so i always knew who i could trust and and be around yeah i think that having that sort of like social circle for especially someone that you know is going through the adverse that you had to go through i think that's like that's really important because i feel like it would help someone you know just like build confidence and like gain like a sense of self yeah um, are there like other conventions like are there times when you would like meet up with other people who are blind or maybe have other like physical disabilities and it's kind of like like what are the commonalities that you see between all of you um oh yeah definitely I, even when i was you know those younger ages in the summertime i would go over to there's the governor moorhead school for the blind which is in raleigh north carolina where i grew up 
they have at that time they had this independent living course or like a summer program where you could take independent living classes where they teach you how to cook they teach you how to wash dishes iron clothes sew things like that i also learned how to you know continue to navigate through the through the city learning this street that street learning how to go to a grocery store and shop um a lot of different things that i learned but within that time also there were other blind and visually impaired students and kids who i had the opportunity to connect with and it was really cool because you have those people who live a similar experience as you and you can learn how they do certain things and you find out that there's so a lot they, of similarities did they end up facing the, that adversity the same way as you or were you just one of the few uh i would probably say i was one of the few there were certainly a lot of you know getting to that point you have overcome it to a certain degree yeah um but our our life paths are different and and i think that a lot of it is you know a lot of it is how you were raising your your household and um i was raised by someone who also deals with visual impairment that experience is different from the child who might have been raised by their parents who have no they have no sight issues at all and you know that their upbringing could be totally totally different so when we would come together you could certainly see the differences in how people were raised and the things that they were exposed to and there were certain areas of life where certain students were a little more proficient than others but again when you're in that space together you can you can teach each other and you can learn from each other and and when we leave from that space it's like you've help someone else in in some capacity go back to their environment and and uh you know achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve get a little closer to their to their goal their vision how did you go about like learning braille and stuff like what was that switch like you know it's like from being able to like you know read books and things like that to having to learn essentially it was kind of like a new language basically yeah i used to get scolded a lot when i was first beginning to learn braille because mind you i was going through the the eye operations so i could still see here and there when i was learning braille i could i could actually see it at the time so my teachers they would get they would get a little irritated with me and um after a while they would have to like you know when i would learn braille i would have to either not look or they might um you know, I might have to wear like some, I didn't wear sunglasses or anything like that. It might've been like some sort of blindfold or something that I had to wear so that I wouldn't, wouldn't be able to see the, the Braille. Cause the point is being able to learn it with your, with your hands, your fingers. And uh, so those beginning stages, I had to learn very quickly that, all right, you had to learn braille and use it in the way that it was intended to be used which is don't look at it and you know use your hands it took me 18 months to learn the entire like all of the uh all braille so like back in the day it was called grade one grade two i think in grade three and now it has switched to a different terminology but i learned all of the grades in the span of 18 months which apparently is is a little faster than normal. All right, I, I got you. So uh, were there like any Braille accommodations that were made in school or was it kind of just like, you know, like 
how'd you go about like, you know, doing homework and just like being in class in general? Yeah. So my teacher who was the one who accompanied me to PE class, he also made sure that I had everything in terms of accommodations. All of my textbooks were in Braille. Prior to me losing my sight, when I was still able to read large print, my textbooks were in large print. Once I lost my sight, now my books were in completely in Braille. I also had a computer, has JAWS installed on the machine. JAWS is a, a speech software, a screen reader. So it's helping you, excuse me, it is helping you to read your emails, to surf the web, write papers, basically, you know, do all of your your classwork and homework assignments. If teachers passed out worksheets, handouts in class, my teacher would make sure that those things were converted into Braille. So everything that I needed in school was was basically granted to me and it was given to me in a format that I could use it. And the other thing to point out too is I stayed in mainstream school, public school. So I needed those accommodations in order to stay current with the with the curriculum. I mean, that is that is really cool. And I, I just I don't know. I, I can't imagine it myself, man. About you. No, it's like cause it's, it's something so different, right? Like, you know, processing things visually, like you can see, like on the desk that we're on right now, like I can see like, oh, there's a water bottle there, something else here. But then, you know, it's completely different. We just feel around for things and, you know, kind yeah. of know your environment a little bit better. I'm just yeah. figuring things out, just little things such as, I don't know, like making an egg or something like that, like yeah. without sight. That is, it's just really yeah, hard to I, wrap your head around. Or it could be something like, I don't know, try to make a PB&J sandwich, but be careful with the the knife getting the, the peanut butter out of there. Um, just now you're really having to, you're having to lock in on where things are positioned, where they're placed. You got to use your your memory a lot because when you can't see anything, you know, organization is my best friend. Like I remember basically where I put everything because I have to be able to access it really quickly. You think about you putting your 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 wallet down. I know where my wallet is all of the time so I can quickly get to it. Um, you know, keys, those types of things. It's like, all right, well, you might typically put those in a specific area of your home. For me, I'm literally putting things very, I'm very organized, very calculated with, with, with everything. So um, I have to be that way so that, you know, I can make my life the easiest as possible. But yeah, this week, I want you to challenge yourself and, and try one of those things, preferably try the, the, try the, uh, the toothpaste, being able to put the toothpaste on your toothbrush. I mean, just that whole process, I guess, of just learning to be, do these simple things on your own and I guess learning how to do it over time. Is that how you came up with no need for sight when you have a vision? Yeah, I think to a certain degree. Yeah. So I, um, I will tell you, so I tell this talk or I tell this story in my, my TEDx talk that I did a few years ago and it's called wings are just a detail if you want to check it out. So in this talk i was i was speaking about a basketball hoop that i had in my room and of course not being able to see i would shoot the ball and sometimes it probably went in and sometimes it didn't but i the point is i never knew when it would go into the hoop 
So what I did was I, I decided to tie the bottom loops of the net together so that now when I use a safety pin to tie the loops of the, the bottom loops of the net together. So now when I would shoot the ball, when it would go inside of the hoop, it would stay inside of the net and not fall through to the ground. And so I told myself that, man, if I can, I'm in my room, I'm shooting from the, from the dresser and shooting from the window and from my bed. These are all just locations within my room where when I would stand at that spot, I could envision where the hoop was. And I told myself that if I can stand anywhere in this room, shoot the ball, drain the shot, make the basket, then what other things in life can I aim aim at shoot and and score i think that's a great way to just approach life like you yeah approach approaching life like shooting a basketball and once you once you saw that like once you realize that i guess you just get to see what is possible like the sky is the limit here like you see yeah. i guess in life you see other people like they, they do these amazing amazing things and you're like wow and yeah. you, you realize just what you could do with your life and how much like just looking your story right here, how much adversity you could face, but just still keep on fighting, keep on going. And I, I think that's a, it's a very admirable mentality. And I, I, I think I think this is one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard. What do you think, Devin? Uh, uh, I completely agree. And especially I like the challenge that you gave to the viewers also. Just like, you know, trying putting themselves in like something similar to the situation that you're in, like kind of putting themselves in your shoes sort of and just like, you know, appreciating what they have you know not taking it for granted you know that's really the whole premise behind this podcast our slogan is change makers are the game changers and what that really means is that you know like if you if anyone can be a change maker right like everyone has ideas but not a lot of people act on them and everyone faces adversity but not a lot of people are willing to pull themselves out of it and when you actually start doing things like this like what you did that's when you become a game changer and you really just become someone that everyone looks up to so kudos to you no, nah, I appreciate that. And just to, you know, with the circling back to the basketball hoop and just no need for sight when you have a vision, I just feel like in a lot of ways, me playing on that basketball hoop, it kind of, it kind of points to the journey that we all experience at, cert at a certain point in time in life. And, and I say that because we all have a goal. It might not be something that you can physically see at that moment in time but if you really believe that it's there and that you can see it now it's like all right you know i can connect with the right people and and develop a plan to aim shoot and, and drain the shot like a goal essentially we'll just replace it with the word vision and that's our ability to see things far off in the distance being able to see things beyond the horizon seeing them before they exist and so ultimately it's not our eyes that determine success it's our ability to first see that vision and then to not only see the vision but to then develop a plan and connect with the right people to do you know and and do everything in your power to bring that vision into fruition so um no need for sight when you have a vision. That is a daily challenge for us to always transcend beyond what our eyes see because quite frankly, I mean, it's, you know, we have great days and we also have days that are, are difficult. It's 2022. There's a lot of things going on in the world. There's a lot of distractions and that, that speaks to sight. 
you know, site is, is constantly changing. Um, but when you have that vision and you really stay locked into that, that gives you something really steady and static that you can go after. And it helps you to, to stay locked in on the brighter side of things, even during times of despair, when, you know, we might see unfortunate things going on in society and the world. It's like, man, I see something better. Like I'm going to do everything in my power to bring that vision into fruition and to, to spread that light over the world. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, Eric, do you have any more questions you wanted to add or any other points you wanted to make? No, Lex, do you have anything to add? I would just say that, man, you all on the, on the right path. You got this pie going. It's really amazing. And I would just say that you know, there's certainly going to be, there'll be difficulties and obstacles in life, but that is, that's the inevitable. It has to happen. And Eric, you might have, I think you mentioned it earlier when it's, you know, when it's like, when you experience these challenges in life, you know, that's how you, that's how you get better. And that's how you continue to ascend and soar to new levels. So when you are faced with these challenges, you know, don't shy away from it. That's your opportunity to, to really step into a, a different space, a better space in life and prepares you for the, the other challenges that will uh, most certainly come later on down the path as well. So you know, stay strong, persevere, and uh, you know, keep going after that vision because you really can make some, some incredible things happen on this earth. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. I'm going to stop recording. Yeah.